Hey, who's ready to get into God's word? Come on, let's turn in our Bibles now to Psalm chapter 23. If you're just joining us, we're really glad to have you. Thanks for being with us. We're in a series of messages uh, where we're looking at the 23rd Psalm, an amazing passage of scripture. And we're just taking some time before we get into summer uh, to really uh, get our souls straight. The series of messages is called Rock and Soul, because we believe that if we can tap into, through the name of Jesus, some inner tranquility, it will bring us outer stability, no matter what we're going through here in this life. And we're just taking it simple, a week, uh, a verse at a time, one a week. And there's six verses. And so the six weeks of the series, it's, there's kind of your syllabus. And uh, this is the third week of the series. So we're in verse three. And we're starting each week by saying the psalm together. And we're going to put it on the screens for you. So if you're new, we can all say it in the same translation. David wrote, he said, the Lord, let's say it out loud together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, encourage everyone at every location, at church online, podcast audience, that that is true for you today. It's true for you right now. And as we lean into this a little bit, we're going to circle back to verse 3, and we're going to put it up again. Just as This is what we're going to study today, focus on today. He restores my soul. Come on, put your hand over your heart. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I'm calling this message this weekend the shepherd of your bad days. The shepherd of your bad days. I think sometimes we would never say it like this, but deep down we think that maybe just maybe God only is excited to take our calls when we're doing good. I'm not sure if you've ever called someone and uh, you went through voicemail and you kind of got the feeling that they saw it ringing on their screen and chose to ignore it. And maybe that's just, just our heads playing tricks on us. Maybe they were just playing racquetball. Who knows? But racquetball, like, well, that's such an arbitrary thing. Like, oh, they didn't take your call. They're playing racquetball. But maybe they were. You know, I think sometimes we, we, we overthink stuff, you know, and worry about it. Then later on, find out, like, oh, I, was, I was on an airplane. Like, why, did, why didn't you call me? Because uh, I it was, like, in, in a cave. You know what I'm saying? Like, cave playing racquetball. And cave ball, new game just came out. You bounce back and forth in the cave. No service because I was playing cave ball, you know? And... Um, but, but I think sometimes we feel like maybe when we're not doing good, that God, oh, them again? Oh, them again? Oh, really? Oh, first this, then, then they're going to call me. They're going to call me after they did that. And, and that 
I think we falsely also think that when we're doing really good, spiritually speaking, that maybe when we're just like in, in, in our own head, nailing it in our walk with Jesus, like we did something kind to somebody. Like, I, no, I let them go. Like it, it was my turn to drive. I, I yielded to that. I did them the, like, the, you, no, you go, right? And uh, I, I, I'm so good. Like I just drove on. Like I'm such a kind person. Like, and, and then when you prayed for something, you felt like God was going to be like, oh, it's them. I can't wait to bless them now. I think sometimes we carry that over, the naughty and nice list, to our, our view of God. And, and, and here's what I need you to understand. Nothing could be further from the truth. And, and the question before us, presented to us here, is what does God think of us? What is, what is God's reaction toward us when we stray from the path? Because we've all been there. And whether it was a return to an old habit a return to an old relationship, a return to an old pattern or reaction or, or mode of thinking, or a return straight out, straight out to an old sin that you just, you just sink your fangs back into, something that you, you never used to do uh, as, as a believer. You've been raised to, to walk with Christ in newness of life. You've been doing so great in that area, but then all of a sudden you plunge back in and you went in with arms wide open. It wasn't the pinky. I mean, you cannonballed back into your old life, like the book of Proverbs and the book of Peter talk about a dog returning to its vomit, a pig returning to wallow in the filth, even though it was restorative. So, so what does God think of us in those days? That is what David wants to speak into. And David, I would say, is uniquely qualified, really as someone with tremendous high highs, and tremendously low lows. When you think about David, you cannot help but think about some names. Names like Goliath, who he triumphed over. Him standing, you know, you, you almost picture like, like the, the George Washington crossing of the Potomac, you know, David standing on Goliath's vanquished body, holding the skull of Goliath in the air. You know, I have triumphed, right? You're like, that's David. Uh, you think of David, the worshiper, just like uh, in a cave, having just finished a rousing game of cave ball, writing one of these mini psalms that he wrote. You're like, David, this, the, David the poet. This guy, he's, he's, he's a warrior and a poet. How do I got to find me a guy like that? Some of you ladies are thinking, like, guy who is, who's firm, but then also soft. And, uh, and, and as, for, as we think of him, we think of David. And we think of David being unwilling to go and kill Saul, even though he had the chance time after time after time. David really, many years before he would be preached, exemplifying the teaching of the Sermon on the Mount, turning that other cheek over and over again. And then we think about all of these moments. And yes, they're true. And yes, they're there. But you also have some other names like Absalom and Amnon, David's sons who he didn't discipline properly, who he, you know, he, he was extra kind towards. You think about, you think about also Uriah and Bathsheba. You think about the sexual sin. You think about, about David making not just a mistake, but just an absolute transgression, rising up and doing something wrong, shedding innocent blood, hiding his sin, living in a place where he thought he had gotten away with it and just content to, to walk in that. So we, we, we have to be honest when we look at these people from Scripture because the Bible presents them and warts and all, so we can understand they're human just like we are. What does it mean in a messy way to follow our Savior? And so David, who, who both triumphed and fell from grace spectacularly, David here is going to tell us what the Father's reaction is towards us when we go astray, when we choose our own 
way. And David here is writing this psalm saying, hey, my shepherd, he's amazing. He's, listen to me, he's not just the shepherd of my good days. He's the shepherd of my bad days too. Come on, are you thankful that you got a shepherd, not just when you're doing great, but you have a shepherd for your bad days too. And, and, and listen, listen, that's actually when it counts more than anything. It actually counts more than ever that you have a shepherd to shepherd you when you've gone astray. So what does the shepherd do when we, when we do something that's wrong? What, 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 what does he do? David tells us, let's look at it one more time. Verse 3 says, hey, when I fell, when I did wrong, when I, when I lied, when I hid, when I was spiritually dull on the inside, he said, he restored my soul. And then what did he do after that? He led me in the right paths. I went on the wrong paths. He showed me the right path. He didn't just come and shame me on the wrong path. You shouldn't have done that. Duh, that's the point. He came to me on the wrong path, led me in the right path. Not just that, he did it for a reason. And the reason was his name's sake. You, you see, listen to me. It's, it's so great to have a shepherd, even when you're not doing so great is what this verse tells us. And I, from just the passage we just read, pulled out four quick reasons why it's so great to be under his care on your not so great days. And I just want to tell you, if you're here at church this week and you barely came at all because you just feel like you are the furthest thing from right now doing something that pleases God, I'm going to tell you something. Your shepherd loves you. Your shepherd sees you. He cares about you. And we welcome you to this fresh life family, this fresh life flock, all of us being sheep as we, <coughs> we are. Four reasons, jot them down as we, as we go through them. Our shepherd is great because he pursues us. Yeah. Our shepherd, look at it right there. Jot them down if you take notes. Open up a new note in your iPhone. Our shepherd per pursues us. And this is important. Why? Because we wander. Yeah. Say that out loud with me when I say the point. He pursues us because we wander. We wander. All of us wander. We're all little kids in that same grocery store aisle. And we, we thought we had our eye on our mom as she made her way down the edge of the aisle. But we were looking right here. And we thought we could keep her on our peripheral vision. And she's like, hey, come, come, come. And you're like, I, I'm, I will. I'll be right there. And then, but then one thing, like, oh, that's an old man. They, that comes in that flavor now. And, and then the race cars, the match, you know. And, 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 as you're, and then all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We strayed. From the path. And you ever do that run, that adrenaline run as a kid where you run the aisles thinking you could see her, thinking you could see her, thinking you could see her? You're like, that's a dairy. No, she's a produce. No, she's not here. She's not there. And then the, the, the most mo moment of shame and pain was when your name got called over the loudspeaker and would the lost child please come? Slumped shoulder. Or if you had to go ask for it, it was just the worst in the world. But we do the same thing. All we like sheep, we all go. Astray. Tell me if even now or at some point in your life you haven't just so strongly resonated with Robert Robertson's immortal words that he penned in the hymn, Come Thou Fount, when he said, let grace then like a fetter. That's a chain. Bind my wandering heart to thee, O God. Why do I need a chain to bind me to God? Because prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, God. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Don't you just find your heart in that? Don't you just find pain in that? Don't you just relate to those words and that sentiment of just going, I wish I could just really just, just staple myself to God because then I wouldn't wander off. I wouldn't get lost. And sheep, they do this. Sheep aren't 
Sheep aren't like, you know, homing pigeons with an epic sense of location. You know, they, I was reading a book uh, recently uh, on a family vacation about how birds use magnetic fields and, and they're just so tapped in that, that, that they, they involve, it involves smell and it's just unbelievable what they do to navigate across the, the world. And, and sheep aren't like that. Come on, shove your neighbor and say, sheep aren't like that. Sheep aren't like great white sharks that can make it from, from, from Alaska and, and Ar- the Arctic to the Antarctic and go to have their babies in Hawaii and then go to the coast of California, bite a swimmer on the way, and too soon <laughs> just happened. And, 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 and then that was one of my favorite surfing spots. Unbelievable, this woman swimming. At, it's called Churches. It was off the coast of Orange County and just, just swimming it's great. Well, anyhow, but, 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 but great whites have an amazing sense of smell. They go back to the same place every time to, 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 to raise their young. And then the back up here to feed and then back down there. Pe- penguins, the same thing. And God could have picked any one of those animals to describe us, but he chose sheep. It's all over the Bible again and again and again. Here's why. Because we're like sheep. We are not great white sharks in our sense of direction many of times. When it, you might be in one way with, when it comes to how your business goes, but I guarantee you maybe in relationships or maybe in finance. or there's, if, if in one way or another, all of us are like sheep. J. Allen Blair, in his uh, writing on this, said this, most of the roads and paths on which they, sheep in this part of the world, traveled were extremely narrow. The fields of grain on either side often proved to be too great a temptation. One little nibble, then another, until deeper and deeper the sheep went into the field, and soon he was completely lost from the rest of the flock. We wander. We all, just a little bit, little bit, little bit, we get desensitized. We make one bad decision, and slowly but surely we drift. But fortunately, because we wander, listen, I just say, I'll say it again, our shepherd pursues us. He doesn't stand there in the field, having seen it happen, knowing that we're not there. He stands there, realizes we're not there. And then what did Jesus say? He says, the good shepherd who has 100 sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness because he has under shepherds to watch after him and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And listen to me, when he has found it, he rubs the nose of the sheep in the carpet and says, bad sheep, how dare you lose me? How dare you leave me? No, the shepherd knows that's what sheep do. He picks it up, puts it joyfully. Someone say joyfully on his shoulders to carry it home. What is God's heart towards you, wandering sheep? Joy, joy, joy. He pursues you joyfully. There's not anger on his face. There's love and kindness. Yeah, there's anger for a moment, but his joy is for a lifetime. His kindness is towards you. He wants to put you on his shoulders. I love that our shepherd pursues us. Not just the first time, when we believed, every time when we slid backwards. The Christian life is a a march up a muddy hill. It's a march up a muddy hill. And all of us are capable of sliding backwards. All it takes is not moving forwards anymore. 
you are either actively taking steps to grow or you are right now sliding backwards. We think of backsliding as something that happens when you turn around and, 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 and walk this way. No, it's not at all. It's just what happens when you're not taking concerted effort and there's time in your schedule you can show, here's how I'm, what I'm doing to grow with Jesus. Guess what? Drifting, 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 drifting. And to those who are backslidden, God speaks. Jeremiah 3, he says to the backslidden children, return you backsliding children and I will heal your backslidings. Indeed, we do come to you for you are the Lord our God. Come on, thank Jesus that he's a kind shepherd who pursues us through his Holy Spirit. And maybe that's happening in your heart right now. Maybe he's pursuing you. But that's not even it. When he finds us, listen to me, second point, our shepherd renews us. Our shepherd renews us once he's found us. Why? His heart is now making us stronger. He goes after us because we wander. That's why he pursues us. But when he finds us, he renews us because his heart is to make us stronger. That's why the psalmist said, if you look at it again, he restores my soul. If you take notes in the margin of your Bible or on a separate note card, note this. The word restores means literally translated brings my soul back. He brings my soul back. And isn't that just how it feels when you've been in a period of, of sort of spiritual lethargy or downright sin? If you've returned to an old way of thinking, an old relationship, an old habit, you, you've returned to an old vice, when you do that, you just feel like you've lost your soul. There's a, there's a sense in which you're just, listen to me, upside down. And that's actually many shepherds, what they read into this, brings my soul back. They, 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 they see in this the idea that it's a, a right side upping of the sheep a right side upping of your soul. Because listen, lost sheep can easily get turned upside down. We're talking about these narrow roads they're on, and, and they go into the field, and they eventually try and find their way back. They end up in another narrow road, sometimes little goalies, very narrow, and it's worn by water and worn by, by little sheep feet, right? And so here's what happens. The sheep pick bad places to lie down. Where does the shepherd want to make them lie down? In these fields, these pastures, in these lush meadows, in safe and appropriate places where either there's flat ground or he's there to help them back up. But sheep don't have tremendous sense of balance. The way their weight is, the way they're distributed, they're, they're not sleek, they're not agile. No one's ever going to describe a, a sheep as like super aerodynamic or really nimble. Like you, you're just it's kind of lumbering and just, you know, and, 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 and so what happens is with their big bellies of full of whatever they wandered off to eat, now they pick a bad place to lie down, and it's very easy in their sleep to roll over. Shepherds describe that as a cast sheep, a sheep that's been cast aside. And so here's what happens. i got to show you, because you'll never lose this visual as long as you live. Here's the little sheepy. He wakes up from his nap, and he realizes, uh-oh, I, I don't know what to do now, I, the things I do for you people, right? And, and his sheep can't turn over because if it, it just can't get, so it tries this side and it can't get over and it eventually just sits there and bleats or with its belly exposed gets completely eviscerated. It's not a good scene really at all if you think about it. And, 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 and so uh, this often happens sadly enough to pregnant sheep and you just think about, about the, the dangers for a sheep that's stumbled upon by a predator and it's a buffet. It's all you can eat sheepy buffet. It's not 
a good thing at all. So, so, so many commentaries I read say when he says restores my soul, brings my soul back, right sides up my soul, he's saying when the shepherd, after he pursues the sheep, finds him, he, David said, restores my soul. He restores me to my feet. He picks me back up and gets me back on the path towards where I want to be. He binds our wandering, wandering hearts to him. He puts us on our shoulders to joyfully carry us home. He brings my soul back. No wonder F.B. Meyer said these words, he restores my soul, are among the most precious words in this priceless psalm. David just said, he restores my soul. Psalm 51, he talked about how great it felt to be restored when he finally, after the shepherd pursued him and sent the prophet to confront him, how good it felt to be clean before the Lord and to have the Lord even have to wash the wounds, which hurt sometimes, because you got to get the dirt out. I, I've, had, I've had ER people uh, scrape dirt out of wounds. That hurts. It almost hurts more than the original wound did. But, but that, that's for a purpose. It's so there's not an infection. And sometimes there's a real painful time to that getting better. It can be a really hard thing to get dry. It can be a really hard thing. There's a, there's a dope sickness that comes where you would just feel better, honestly, if you were just back on drugs. But listen, the, 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 the difficulty of the time right now is to get you to a place where your soul's back, right? The sheep goes numb when it's lying there. But eventually, the feeling comes. But it's difficult many times in the interim. Our shepherd restores us. During that time is when the enemy is going to play his most nefarious strategy out on you. And he's going to try and make you feel like God doesn't want you back. And you might as well just stay here. And there's no sense going to church. Or worse yet, clean your act up. Then you can go to church as though we come in here to parade our medals before him. When in all reality, we should be thinking of ourselves, dragging ourselves in here because we're depleted and broken down and hurt. So the good shepherd can look at us and heal us and take inventory of our wounds and scrub the things that need to be scrubbed and splint the things that need to be splinted and heal the things that need to be our shepherd pursues us. Our shepherd renews us. I, I wrote this down. Our shepherd leads us. Our shepherd leads us. Once he's found us, returned us, and, 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 and renewed us, he then wants to lead us towards something better. He doesn't just want to get us because we wander and make us stronger. He leads us now to something much better. And what is that? It's to something much better than what we originally left him for. Whatever it was we left him for, it's because we thought we knew better, but he wants to take us to right places. You see, oftentimes, listen to me very carefully, oftentimes we stray because we see something that will feel good right away, but it's on the way to much more pain. Where the sheep who looks at the shepherd where he's leading them may see at times a place of pain, but it's on the way to something better than he could ever possibly imagine. You see, the shepherd took him from the lush pastures and the still waters through difficulty on the way to something wonderful, on the way to something that can allow him to survive the whole season that, that's ahead, on the, on the way to something better. So when we follow the shepherd, we at times see what he's leading us to, and it seems bad, but his paths are, listen to me, paths of righteousness, the text says. They're paths of righteousness. He wants to take you to the right places. He wants to take you to what deep down you've craved, what your whole life you've been wanting. He wants to take you to something better. But once we're back with him, you, if you're going to be led to these right places, you have to understand how he leads. How does Jesus lead? 
always from the front. He always leads from the front. Now, our Western image of, of shepherding is very different than this because we think about what? Driving cattle. We think about driving a flock, driving a herd. So our picture is the Marlboro man on the horse cracking the man from Snowy River whip and, 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 ah, ah, and leading these things, basically scaring and startling them. Don't get out of line. Don't get out of line. Don't get out of line. Don't get, that's not how he leads us. That's not how he leads us. And that's how it's possible for the sheep to go astray because Jesus always leads us from the front. I can show it to you in the Bible if you need a reference. You're like, I'm not sure if I believe that. Well, how about Jesus speaking, John 10, when he brings his own sheep, this is speaking about the good shepherd, his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. The sheep follow him. I thought you might need to see this and not just, not just read it. Jesus said, I'm the kind of shepherd who leads my sheep from the front, and they follow my lead. I don't have a sheep, but I do have a little dog that looks somewhat sheep-like. So Tabasco, come here. Come here, buddy. Tabasco. Come here. Tabasco. Tabasco, come here. That's a good boy. Hey, come here. Can you sit, buddy? Sit. Sit. Good boy. Tabasco. Okay, got the sheep thing going. Very good. Oh, that's a good boy. Okay, so we're going to go on a little Tabasco. Sit. Good boy. Stay. 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 Come here. Sit. Good boy. That's a good boy, buddy. Good boy. Now watch what happens when he tries to sit still. Stage is too slippery. Sit. He's going to do the splits. Okay, that's a good boy. That's a good boy. Good boy. Okay. Okay, buddy, we're going to go on a walk, okay? Sit. sit. Stay. Now, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go over here. Let's go. Come on. Good boy. Let's go over here. Come on. Let's go. Good boy. Let's go over here now. So now Tabasco, hopefully, on most walks. Come on, buddy. Knows my itchy. Come here knows my voice and can follow me based on my voice. But I'm going to lead him from the front. I'm not going to drive him. Come on, buddy. Let's go. You, you're very itchy. You're very itchy. Come here. We'll get you a bath. Come here. I lead him from the front. And Jesus said, I'm going to lead you from the front. So what we have to get good at is knowing the voice. Thank you, Tabasco. Let's hear it for Tabasco, the wonder dog. That's a good job, buddy. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's a good boy. We'll see you later. Thank you, Livy. OK, so Tabasco was following, most of the time, my voice from the front. And Jesus said, that's how I lead my sheep. So, so, so listen to me. So the goal to get to righteousness, to get to the right paths that we want to deep down get to, we have to get good at learning to listen to the sound of his voice. So how do we do that? We read it, his scripture and we listen to his voice when we don't need direction. That's how you do it. You cannot do it when it's in chaos if you cannot do it when it's calm. So, so listen to me. The most important day to get the green pasture into your stomach that you need and, and to get the rest on that lush meadow and to get to drink deeply of the still water is a day you're not thirsty. 
is the day you're not hungry. The, the, the day that you wake up and you don't have a huge decision, you don't have to pick between two competing job offers, you don't have to choose these massive, massive significant things. These are the days that we all are like, oh my gosh, I need a verse, I need a word, I need to talk to a pastor at the church, I need, I need guidance, I need direction, because we waited till there was chaos to try and get to know the sound of his voice. But when the wind's howling, when it's raging, that's, that's the time when we're going to be confused. But that's usually when we turn to Scripture as opposed to the regular, routine, accustomed, conditioned thing of daily, daily, daily hearing God's word, weekly worshiping God, learning to send our heart to heaven with our tithes, being in small groups with other people. When we're doing those things, when we don't need it, we'll know what his voice sounds like, and we'll be able to perform under pressure because we know we can pick out the voice of my shepherd to the voice of another I will not follow. So let me ask you this. What are you doing to get the rhythms of hearing God's voice today when there's no big pressing thing? There's no big marital crisis. You're just learning to hide God's word in your heart. So then the Holy Spirit can bring to remembrance the word that you need in due season. But our shepherd leads us, and he does so to something better. I got a fourth, and I'm asked the worship team to come up, and we're going we're gonna to begin to wind this down. I want to tell you, here's, here's good news. Our shepherd not only pursues us and renews us and leads us, but he fourthly includes us. Our shepherd includes us. He includes us in something bigger and something bigger than we could ever be a part of. You think about a sheep by itself. What's a sheep? What's one sheep, really, at the end of the day? What's one of us? What, even the best of us, what's one of us? And what can we ultimately accomplish? And what can we ultimately do? Now, I'll tell you what we want to do. We want to make a name for ourselves. We want to pursue our own glory. And we want to make sure our story is heard by people and our impact is felt. And one little sheep that strays from the path is doing so because it's only thinking of his stomach. It's not thinking of the implications of what he can be a part of. And, and I wonder if, if you're aware that one little lamb can never equal what a, a, a massive livestock empire would be. 50,000 sheep. That's impressive. That's magnificent. That's a part of something bigger. But one sheep, just thinking of itself, even if it achieves whatever it left the path for, even if it achieves some sense of glory, even if, even if we, when we all go like sheep astray and find our own thing, even if we do achieve some measure of success in this world standards, what is that? We heap up a bunch of money like... We get a bunch of followers. We, people know us for a few minutes. Like, like what, what is it that we could possibly do in the grand scheme of eternity when death rips all treasure from our hands, when there's a hotter supermodel waiting in queue, when there's the next celebrity, when there's the next business, when there's the next big thing. So you get your 15 minutes. You get a billion YouTube views. Okay, now and now you got to keep it. And that now you have to, now you have to, achieve, like, 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 okay, so what do you have? But what, here's what Jesus offers us as he leads us to right places, as we sort of die on the way to finding life, as we experience some pain and some loss, and we, we, we help get help from our shepherd finding meaning of our suffering, if we lose ourselves, here's what we get the opportunity, and here's what Jesus' grand offer is to every single one of us that's on the table this week. He'll lead us, if you're willing to lose yourself, in paths that are right for his name's sake. His name. His name, the name above every name. 
that's what Jesus offers us. Because every shepherd in every era, in every civilization, in every culture has always done something to mark his sheep. At times, it was a notched ear. At times, it's been a brand. At times, some thoroughbred racehorses get tattooed on their lips. Sometimes sheep get little plastic tags. But the point is, a lost sheep can be identified because the shepherd loved it, so he put his name on it. He, and listen to me. If you're willing to be a part of a flock, if you're willing, like Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, to lose yourself, to pick up your cross and follow him. Look at the next part. To, to not save your life, but lose it. But if you lose your life for me, you'll find it. If you lay down down your identity, you lay down your desires, you lay down your dreams, because what good is it if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? What would you be willing to trade for your soul where Jesus not only offers living water, not only offers to turn our souls right side up, but he'll put a name on us, his name. He'll write his name on us, and he'll write our name on the palm of his hand, and then you get to be included, and then you get to be a part of the greatest thing that's ever been happening and it's the gospel and it's redemption and it's him saving lost people and you get to be a part of him as he builds his church and it's magnificent and glorious to watch what he's doing in the world and the people. You're a part of something big. You're a part of something that will never end and 10,000 years from now and 20,000 years after that, Jesus' kingdom, it will still be marching gloriously, triumphantly, victorious, still And so as you go to your job tomorrow, as you, as you approach your cul-de-sac that you live in in your neighborhood, you can go in knowing that you carry the name of Jesus into that neighborhood. You, you carry the name of Jesus. You don't make coffee. You carry the name of Jesus into a coffee shop. You're a part of his flock. You're a part of what he's building. You can hold your, your head high. Your shoulders can be thrown back. You walk to that job site to do construction. You're a contractor. You're carrying the name of Jesus into that job site. You go into that hospital with purpose. You're carrying the name of Jesus into that schoolroom. You're carrying the name of Jesus into that home. Those children, they need to know the name. They need to know that he's willing to put his name upon them. We all all get to be led in right paths for his name's sake. But the beauty is when we lose ourselves, we find something more fulfilling and something bigger than we could have ever sought after by ourselves. He has a way of giving us the dreams of our heart, even when at times we're willing to lay them down. I'm telling you, you gotta seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you, not because you're seeking them, but because you're seeking him. He's the good shepherd. He knows where he wants to take you. So lay down your life, and in so doing, you'll find it. Something much bigger. Our little empires, they really are sandcastles built by the tide. We'll be wiped out. Everything we're trying to build, it will, it'll eventually get wiped out. But what he's building, it has no end. And in all of this, don't ever forget the responsibility for all four is for us to stick together, to stick together. If we'll just stick together, because sheep are a part of a flock, if we'll just stick together, 
then listen, it'll, it'll keep us from wandering. If we'll stick together, it'll keep us being restored continually. If we'll just stick together, it's how we're led. Listen to me, us sticking together as a part of the herd, where you can see some other people from the herd, like who in my life, here they are, yeah, I know, I, I meet with them, we're in a small group, and, and there's an under-shepherd here, it's my Fresh Life group leader. Oh yeah, and I'm on a Fresh Life Impact team, and that person, I can go to you for prayer anytime. I can go to them for, for advice at any time. That's how we're pursued. He pursues us through the body of Christ. That's how we're renewed. That's how we're led. And that's what we're included in and to be a part of. And so I'm praying that you would understand what Jesus offers you is what you're craving all along. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much for your great name that you've put on us, that we would get to carry the name of Jesus. It's a tremendous honor. And God, I thank you that right now, no matter what we're needing, whether it's restoration, whether we're needing that, that renewal of being picked up and put on your shoulders and pursued, whether we're needing to be led, and we do need a word right now, or we're just needing to be reassured of your love, I thank you that through your spirit, you're providing that. And I pray right now for anybody who's just in a moment where they would say, be honest enough to say, I'm, I'm backslidden. I've, I'm, I've slid back. I can, I can feel it right now. If that's you at our Fresh Life Church uh, locations or church online, would you just, in this prayer, no one's looking around, just raise your hand. You're a believer, but you're saying, in some way, I've returned to an old way of thinking, an old relationship, an old habit, an old sin. I just feel there's something in my heart that's cool. Do you just raise your hand up right now so I can pray for you? Just every location, just raise your hand up. Raise your hand up, raise your hand up. You're saying there's something I need renewal in. Raise your hand up. You know, as long as you're proud, he can't fix you, he can't heal you but it's humility that brings his touch. Just raise your hand up. Thank you, Jesus, for these responding. They're saying, I'm in some way backslidden and I wanna be healed. Thank you, Father, touch them, give them grace, give them love. Thank you, Jesus. With heads still bowed and eyes still closed, if you're here at church this week and you've never given your heart to Jesus, you've never allowed him to write his name on you, let me tell you something, the invitation's there. Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. And if you'll open the door, I will come in. I'm gonna tell you right now, Jesus died for you and he rose from the dead. And if you're, if you're willing to give him your heart, to give him your life, he'll come in. He died for you, he rose from the dead. Think of it, he conquered death for you. But you have to be willing to trust him. You have to be willing to give your life to him. So if that's you at our church this week and you're here and you're, you can't deny that God's speaking to you, right now you sense it, he's speaking to you. You want eternal life, you want forgiveness, you want new life. I'm gonna say a prayer, church families can pray as well. And I want you to include yourself in it by praying this prayer with me. You're praying it with me, but to God. You're asking him to forgive you and make you new. Say this out loud with us right now. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner, I'm hurting, I'm broken, I need your touch. Would you forgive me, heal me, make me new? I give my life to you. I believe Jesus died and rose, and I pray you'd help me rise up in Jesus' name. Now, head still bowed and eyes closed all across the church. I'm gonna give you a moment in time to raise your hand up saying, I gave my heart to Christ. I responded to Jesus. When I get to three, in just a moment, I'm gonna count one, two, three. When I get to three, I want you to shoot your hand up. Man, just raise your hand up saying, I'm, I'm giving my life to Christ. This is my decision. I'm not waiting. I'm not, I'm not thinking about this. I'm, I'm giving my life to Christ right now. One, two, three. Shoot your hands up. Shoot your hands up all across the church. Raise your hand up high. Praise God for each one.
You can put your hands down. Thank you so much for joining us for this teaching in the Rock and Soul series. I love that we're learning about the outer stability that comes from inner tranquility. And if at any time during this teaching you made a decision to accept Jesus, congratulations, that's the best decision that you'll ever make and we're so excited for you. Now we would love to send you a Bible in the mail and you can receive that by filling out a form by clicking the No God button on our website or you can text the word Fresh Life, all one word with no spaces, to 99000 and we'd love to get that Bible in the mail for you. And if you'd like to partner with us above and beyond your tithe to your local church, there are several ways that you can do that. You can text the word FRESH to 45777, or you can click the Give button at freshlife.church or give through the Fresh Life app. Now finally, if what God is doing at Fresh Life Church has impacted you in any way, we'd love to hear from you. You can email your story into us by emailing story at freshlife.church or you can click Know God on our website and then click the Share Your Story button and share with us that way. That's fuel for our fire and we love hearing from you. Thank you again for joining us for the Rock and Soul series.